Welcome back to the Peak Too Early podcast, the uh, post-Valentine's Day version. I'm not in love with football right now, but I am joined by a man I love very much. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Oscar Saywell. Oscar, how are you? Smooth talk of Lake. I'm very, I'm very well, thank you. Um, yeah, we've had contrasting uh, weekends, haven't we? Because I'm in love with my team right now, and you're very much falling out of love with yours. But... Yeah, I'm excited to be back to round up some football on, what is it, Tuesday night? A couple of days late. Let's get into it. Yeah. Yep. Two, two delays. and uh... Yeah, and Craig, the, the, the bane of our podcasting existence, has struck again. Not yeah, the third member. Ugh. The third member of our podcasting team. Yeah. And by far the worst. He really is. He's a slacker. Never shows up. All right. Uh, well, I will get into the episode, uh, mm-hmm. starting with the recap from uh, our yeah. Thursday recording mm-hmm. um, and our predictions that we made. Uh, and Oscar, in a time where you desperately need to start making up points, yeah, uh, we drew 4-4. Four, four, so That's the it. net score is still Blake plus three. You know, I made some really whack predictions, so I'm actually quite surprised I even got four points this this week. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's you remind. Got... Yeah, I'll remind listeners that I predicted mm-hmm. Tottenham to beat Man City, which, um, you know, I I shouldn't have I shouldn't have gone for that. Um, that was a bad shout because they were comprehensively beaten. We both missed Fulham upsetting Everton. Uh... Yeah. Which usually one of us predicts a upset. So hmm. uh kind of surprised neither of us got one this week. Um and yeah, that's that. There's a short recap of our predictions. Oscar, do you want to uh kick us off? Yeah, so shall um, we get into the football? Um I was just perusing the ones that we want to talk about um honestly i don't know okay i can kick us off but where do you want to start um liverpool leicester city liverpool leicester city you know what okay if you if we are starting with that can you take it because absolutely yeah okay so Um, this was the uh much anticipated debut of young turkish center back ozan kabak Mm -hmm. uh who has been quite highly rated for a few years. He was a, a very, very bright spot on a awful, awful Schalke defense. He's only 20. Um, I thought he was 19. Oh my God. Either way, uh, he might be. He's 20, but keep going. Yeah. Insane. Uh, potentially the answer to their center back woes. Um, although if this matches anything to go off, maybe mm. not. Maybe not. Uh, Jury's out, yeah. Uh, this match started um, with a scoreless first half, uh, which, yeah. I don't know, I suppose is interesting. There was some key moments, like a, a 12-minute dive in the box by mm. Mo Salah that was not called a penalty. Um, but, of course, Liverpool fans, um, including, I don't know if you know him, but... Uh, Haunting of Bly Manor star Rahul Kali um, is oh, a huge Liverpool fan. Yeah, and he like 
all he does like i love him i think he's like a great dude and a great actor yeah, but all actor. he does is like moan about how liverpool are the most hard done team and they never get calls i'm like those are just lies um oh yeah of course but you know that's football yes um and then a few minutes later um liverpool had a great chance uh with the ball knocked over the top to salah um mm. he of course blitzes everybody he yeah. kind of dinks the goalkeeper um and Mane's at the back post and it's cleared by Amarte, um, who has been sort of a forgotten man at Leicester. Um, and he clears yeah. the ball. And what I found really interesting about this clearance was uh, Sadio Mane absolutely wrecked <laughs> Amarte, um, mm. like studs above the ankle. Yeah. Um, yeah. They didn't even review it, which I thought was really weird when I was watching. Yeah, I was just was waiting the... for the announcers to go. Yeah. Like, it was just kind of, they might have reviewed it, but if they did, the check was done within. Yeah, there was, a bunch of, there was a bunch of weird decisions this weekend, I think, again. So, I know. think, yeah, it's no fun to talk about bar decisions, no. but no. I think the number of controversial calls is going up. Um, oh, although sure. maybe just yeah, now yeah. everything's under severe like scrutiny yeah uh, yeah yeah scrutiny um, uh, yeah daniel Marse, I yeah he's been at lesser for a while but it's like barely played didn't he break his i think he broke his ankle in a game against us in like the 2018-19 season and that put him out for like a t like a really really long time so he's been a decent stop gap but hmm, kind of sad um there was also some very good jamie vardy chances um yes in the first half but uh the real talking points started um, after the 67th minute uh, where uh, it's not one of those goals where you're like, this is like a Pushkas winning goal, um, but it was a beautiful, beautiful goal. Um, yeah. Great hold up play by Firmino with great feet. Um, he, uh, you know, just not scoring, but, you know, doing his thing. Um, setting yeah, up a pretty that was easy a gorgeous yeah it was a gorgeous pass yeah and it the pass was so good it allowed Salah to like effortlessly curl it into the goal um over Schmeichel um there was also some very even being one nil up uh there was a lot of Liverpool players screaming at each other I noticed mm -hmm. um although a large part of that was just Jordan Henderson being Jordan Henderson um the then in the 78th minute um tiago gave away a free kick on the edge of the box uh conda on the front the goalkeeper's right of the box and yeah. madison scores amazingly like just kind of drilling it through all the bodies sneaking it in at the far post and this was originally called offsides uh and then in the first poor uh circumstance by kabak uh var overturns the disallowed goal uh ruling that his foot kept i believe amarte uh who obstructed the goalkeeper on sides right. yeah um so that was pretty much the start of the end for liverpool uh yeah. it was then followed up by yeah what can only be described as capitulation um and is rare for Liverpool, but not rare for Liverpool 
in recent times. Uh, there's a Kabak Allison weird decision. Allison started coming out for it, and there's yeah. two Liverpool defenders. I don't know why Allison even comes out. Um, yeah. If he does come out, he has to call off his defenders there, and he doesn't. Um, yeah, I. I wanted to talk a little bit about this one actually because I think I this is this is entire like I think it's almost it is entirely Allison's fault. This I don't think this has anything to do with Kabak. I I mean, what is Allison doing? Like he doesn't. I mean, I I understand that Kabak's like a young player and they don't know each other, but that was a relatively simple clearance he was about to make. Kabak, if you look at the replays, it goes looping over his head yeah. short, but he's he's about to kick it away. Like it's a simple clearance, and then Allison comes out of nowhere. I think the criticism in I, I i didn't watch the game but the criticism of kabak like in that one instance is unwarranted like i really don't understand like how that is his fault at all like that's all on allison so yeah i mean the the ball is coming over him he does slightly misjudge the flight of the ball and he's kind of leaning back as he's trying to clear it um, he's gonna clear it like it's not yeah it's not and the one. weirdest thing is the way allison tips it he could not tip it into Jamie Vardy's path more if he tried. Um, yeah. It was essentially a, a great assist for Jamie Vardy. Um, yeah, uh, Ederson in for Brazil, you know. I mean, that's yeah, how goalkeepers work. Uh, depending on how Brazil uh, want to play, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah, Ederson definitely in Brazil after what happened this weekend against Spurs, which we'll get onto in a sec. Um, and then. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. The the third goal for Leicester, I would say, is Kabak's fault. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. He just yeah. makes it... Okay, well, so first, before that, Allison messes up again. Um, he, uh, I think it was a Harvey Barnes shot that Allison mm. palms right into Jamie Vardy, and Jamie Vardy nearly pokes it in, but it's a great save by Allison. It's just mm -hmm. that shot never should have happened in the first place. And then 87th minute... Uh, kind of Liverpool throwing stuff forward are beaten on the fast break. Um, it's way too easy for Leicester. Um, yeah. And Kabak was the guy back. Um, so I've got two little things to say. Um, okay. It's a one nil up to three, one down. That's the way we're going to lose the crown uh, <laughs> is Liverpool's chant for this season. Um, and then I have a, a Quebec quote to Harvey Barnes, and it's uh, "You'll always walk alone on your way to an easy goal." Nice. Yeah, that's my taking the piss out of Liverpool. So yeah, I mean that's fine. I, I'm I'm down with that for sure. I don't like Liverpool either. Um, yeah, I I don't have like that was a very succinct explanation of this match. Um, like I don't have much more to it add. It was amazing to watch. Yeah, I sort of I'm 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 sad that I missed it. Um. Yeah, Liverpool, I mean, this is not Premier League, but they bounced back with a pretty, from what I can tell, a comprehensive win against Leipzig, who are no mugs in the Champions League, and Kabak um, was at the heart of that defence again. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I don't... Obviously, Jurgen Klopp sees these players week in, week out. Um, I sort of, I was kind of surprised that Nat Phillips didn't, like, you know, I mean, why, why, why was Nat Phillips dropped? Why did Kabak like come straight in? I understand that Kabak's like probably or definitely way more talented, but I don't know. I mean, when I've seen Nat Phillips play, he's been good and seemed pretty solid. And it's like I feel like he, with Henderson by his side, 
he's probably going to do at least as well as Kabak. So I don't know. I guess uh, I guess the young Turkish players come in and really impressed because Ben Davis hasn't got a look in it either. So yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll we'll sort of see what happens to Liverpool. I think who would have thought that they would be in a fight for top four um, start of the season, but that's kind of what's going on right now. So yeah, with West Ham. Yeah. Um, oh with my God. West Ham I mean, in the driver's seat. We'll we'll, we'll get onto that uh, soon because it, I mean, wow, what's a what's a time to be a West Ham fan? That's all I can say. Okay. Um, where do you want to go next? Shall we? I mention- think we should go to your poor prediction. The City Tottenham. That yes. is fine by me. Yes, it was an extremely poor prediction for me, but I went through it. You know. Um, the last time City lost was against Spurs, uh, way back when in what late November, something like something crazy like that. Um, but you know, I called them a jug- juggernaut City in the title for last week's pod, and yep, they're still living up to those expectations because they completely brushed Tottenham aside. Um, after the match, Pep Guardiola said, "Tottenham have special quality. We have played well against them in the past and lost two 0 they don't need anything to create chances. It's the quality and the approach of their manager, Jose Mourinho. We have a special way to play and we will continue. You have to be patient, patient, calm. Now there's a you know, little bit of classic mind games in there saying praising Jose Mourinho, who's certainly like not a manager that is flawless by any means. But um, the thing that stuck out to me in that quote was that last bit where he's calling for calm. And I think that's the biggest thing right now, right? Where the leading spot, in the Premier League is, has been such a poison chalice this season. We've seen so many teams take it and not be able to deal with the pressure. But Pep's team has gone there and just kept calm and keep clean sheets and just create, creating scoring chances and showing their quality. Um, yeah, this match, as for the goals, um, first goal, uh, Pierre-Emil Hoiberg takes Jesus down in the penalty area pretty clumsily, I thought. And then uh, we have a funny scenario where obviously City, like they don't have a penalty taker. And so we see um, Edison sprinting up to the halfway line, sort of looking like, oh, I'll take it. Like, I think I might take it. And then Rodri steps up um, and he just takes the ball and he puts it down on the penalty spot. He's like, no, I'm taking this. And Edison, the camera pans at Edison and he sort of looks kind of sad that he's not taking it and he runs back. Anyway. Rodri steps up and he 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 scores, but he that was one of the worst penalties I've ever seen. He kind of like weakly hits it, sort of center left, and um, Lloris should be saving it. Basically, I mean, I know it's a penalty, but it was a terrible penalty. Um, and after the game, he said something like, "Yeah, no one else was uh, looking like they wanted to take it, so I took it, and thank God." <laughs> yeah, that's and, hilarious. Um, yeah, and Pep Guardiola was funny about it too because he was like, is he the penalty taker now? No, because it was a bad penalty, but there we go. I was like, yeah, well, at least you're honest. Um, and then, you know, that man Gundogan, he scores again twice. Um, the Oh, I'm misremembering the first Gundogan goal, actually. Um, but the second one... Uh, go ahead. Yeah, can I can... You Hold on. Uh... Um, it was the Sterling, like really nice drip. It was a really well worked team goal with lots of very intricate passes and nice footwork. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it ended with a Sterling uh, kind of turning his back to goal and then playing oh, yeah. a ball right, through right. three oh, yes, yes, Spurs yes, yes, defenders. Yes. The should have uh, saved it. And yeah. yes, it was yeah. poor goal. Put it in the near post. Um, I mean, this is just classic, like a player scoring everything he hits, um, except it's Ilkay Gundogan and like not a striker, which is just superb. I think the reason I forgot that first Gundogan goal was because of the second one, which was one of the best goals of this match day. Um, because it's a raking 70-yard pass from Edison from his own box. Gundogan had made this like Luis Suarez-esque run uh, in between the lines, and he was just clean through. He touches the ball down, and poor Davinson Sanchez is like uh, sort of trying to go up against him one-on-one, uh, backpedaling, and Gundogan essentially just turns him inside out, shifts to the right, then cuts to the left, um, and Davinson Sanchez... Um, he goes for it to be fair, and he he yeah. falls flat on his face. Um, before that's uh, go, I was gonna say he like nearly Phil Jones is it? Uh, yeah, where he yeah. almost gets his face in the way. So, so you know, yeah, this is the thing that's so anyway. I mean, Gundogan puts it away pretty nicely past Larice. Um, it was a fantastic goal. But the thing I wanted to say is, um, all the commentary I've been listening to about this goal, like people are either making fun of Sanchez or sort of saying like, oh, I feel sorry for him. He's, you know, he actually didn't play too badly, whatever. But no one's saying like, he, the reason he looks so stupid is because he's trying to block the ball with his head. I don't understand why no one has picked up on this. I'm so confused. Everyone's like, why did he do that? Like, you can clearly see, I mean, it's it's a ridiculous decision because it's never going to work. But you can clearly see that he's he doesn't want to go with his hands. So he's trying to stretch his head out to stop the ball he's he's trying to yeah. defend it um he's trying to block it and i was i'm just really frustrated that no one is like picking up on that i don't understand why um so yeah yeah i felt he got within yeah he was close he got within six inches yeah but yeah he was uh, that was one of the things out, so yeah yeah i watched the the like the first one i watched like the first time i watched it i was like oh wow what a pass like oh yeah. and then I was like, oh, that's like, oh, Gundogan bodies Sanchez. And then I'm like, oh, like that's a very composed finish by Gundogan. Yeah. And then like the fourth or fifth time when they show the angle from behind the or from inside the goal, yeah. um, the, I was like, wow, Sanchez nearly blocked that with his face. Yeah, yeah he did. Um, but my favorite thing about this goal was um, the four or five Manchester City players who all rushed to ederson oh, yeah. Yeah. to yeah, celebrate with him yeah yeah i mean what a what an assist what an assist um i have in my notes lamella was terrible because he was and then um yeah my quick question to you is um do you think uh, uh levy will fire Mourinho, or do they have like another season of him i saw something that says the way the there's like a no exit clause. Um, so in order to get out of the contract with Mourinho, they would have to pay him 46 million euros. So much money. Yeah. Um, which I, I just can't imagine. I can't yeah. imagine them paying 46 million. That's a, I mean, uh, yeah, that'd be I a suppose... record signing for 15 Premier League clubs. Yeah. I suppose, um, I suppose that, what am I saying? That if they win a couple cups, maybe the tone will shift regardless of like 
how crap Mourinho football can be sometimes. But yeah. All yeah. right. Um, um, that's all I have yeah. to say about this match. But you can wrap it up if you will, or we can move on. Uh, just uh, all around stunning performance by City. Oh, yeah. I so it was amazing. Yeah. Class. Classy. All right. What's your next? Uh, the big upset of the weekend Fulham 2, Everton 0. A boom. Sure. Yeah. Um, um, which, yeah, a lot to talk about for this match. Not just, you know, in the result, but also in the implications. So, yeah. We can both take this one. I can, uh, I can go uh, with what I have down on the page um, with my notes. So, yeah, um, Fulham, they take a step forward uh, by beating a Dominic Calvert-Lewin-less Everton side at home, right? They were at home, weren't they, at Craven Cottage? Um, yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Josh Madger, uh, ex-Sunderland player, on loan from Bordeaux, I think. Very young English striker. Sorry. Scored... They were at Goodison Park. Oh, they were at Goodison Park. That's my, that's my fault. Sorry about that. So even more impressive, frankly. Uh, they beat Everton away from home. Um, yeah. Josh Madger scores twice on his full debut. Um, I think this was the first time he started. And yeah, from what I can tell, I, I caught you know, this match like in 15-minute bouts, I think. Like three, three, three 15 minute bouts, basically. Um, yeah, they were in control from the opening whistle, frankly. And uh, all the failings, I thought, were really in the Everton performance. And Angelotti basically agreed at the at the um, at the end of the match. He said it was a high intensity game, and we were tired after playing two hours on Wednesday. And the pressure they put on our centre halves, we didn't deal with, which is uh, pretty honest, frankly. And I, I suppose Fulham might have been smelling blood um, because I'm pretty sure Everton's record without Dominic Calvert-Lewin is pretty poor. And also, obviously, they had played that intense game a couple of days before, um, and we saw this with Fulham against West Ham actually where they are excellent at they they have a lot of players who a like work hard but b can there's just a whole lot of movement so when when they're playing without a like big target man i think mitrovic was out possibly tested for positive for covid which is why major played um they play with these players that are fast and they, they switch positions a lot. Um, so you've got Madra up top, you've got the likes of Cavalero, then you've got Lamina like in the midfield sort of carrying it forward. Harrison Reed, who's super um, impressive. Bobby Decadova-Reed, De um, who sort of buzzes around as well. And then you've got obviously like Lookman, who's like out giving pace and and in sort of like running at players. So they, they can be... They've, they've got a lot of energy, this Fulham side, so they can be hard to play against. Um, I didn't, I don't have detailed notes about the goals. I Nothing spectacular. Um, I can remember one where a Fulham winger put it into the area, sort of across the six-yard box, and uh, Madge just smashed it in. I can't remember what the second one looked like. Um, yeah, first but, one was uh, Ola Aina. Uh, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. square ball. Very well-worked. Um, Second one was uh, Harrison Reed smashing in a long shot from 35 yards yeah. and uh, cannoning off the post, and mm. Maja just taps it in. Yeah, poachers goals. Um, so yeah, I think I think he's actually quite well known for this um, Maja, where it's like he, it's something like he doesn't. I think he doesn't take many shots, but he scores a lot, um, which is always sort of iffy. But 
I guess it works. Uh, I just have in my notes that Josh King should have started. I'm not sure why he didn't. Um, when he came on, I think he scored a goal that was ruled out and sort of looked pretty feisty. And yeah, I think, I guess from this game, the biggest question for us to sort of go over is, A, can Fulham do it? And will it be at Newcastle's expense? Yeah, so for the listeners... Um... The gap between 17th place Newcastle and 18th place Fulham is currently seven points, but Fulham have a game in hand, um, and their next two matches are against Burnley and Sheffield United, whereas mm. Newcastle's next match is against Manchester. I, yeah, blah, blah. Fulham play Burnley and Sheffield United, and Newcastle play Manchester United. So if Fulham can get two wins and Newcastle expectedly lose to Manchester United, the gap will be one point. And what we once talked about as a insurmountable mountain to climb uh, for the bottom three teams a few months ago, we were saying the bottom three teams are so poor that there's no way any other teams can get relegated. Suddenly, you know, a team that spent $120 million in the summer yeah. are potentially going to get relegated. Yeah. Um, and I'm yeah. going to have to go back to watching streams on Facebook Live uh, by people in the stands God. with their phone in their chest pocket. So, no, no, um, I hope not. I hope not. Yeah. yeah um, it's, this, think, yeah. It's, it's all of a sudden it's looking much more dicey. Yeah, I I have to bring up uh, a statistic I heard on yesterday's True Faith uh, podcast. Shout out True Faith. Um, in the last 13 games, the only team that has conceded fewer goals than Manchester City, or sorry, the second place, they have, Fulham are the second least goals conceded team have conceded the second least amount of goals there you go um, yeah. manchester city have conceded three in the last 13 matches Goal. fulham are in second place only conceding 10 yeah a bunch um, of draws so one yeah, it's amazing talks really. about yeah how amazing man city is and two talking about how defensively resolute fulham has been which is a very rare saying yeah yeah no, I and think like look at the defenders that Fulham have. Joaquim Anderson, just... uh Tosin Adarabayo. Um uh, yeah. No, Neither I mean if you are Premier League quality. No, I mean to, I mean Tosin Adarabayo, I don't know, they're young players, they could be. I think I think that might be a bit harsh. I think they could develop. They're both like 23. That's very young to be a center back, so I I've been relatively impressed with them, so maybe they are. Um Well, I mean they're playing out of their skin. Um yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think, uh, I think, I think these are two very promising players, um, especially for their age profile. Anyway, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think, I think the next month we'll we'll see uh, it, this sort of playing out because I mean, Burnley have a game in hand over you, I guess, but you're only one point behind Brighton somehow, and uh, and so you know they the, <laughs> these teams should be looking over their shoulder as well. Yeah, that's uh, something interesting that uh, Steve Bruce said in his press conference, um, along with um, him saying he uh, thought we deserved something from the Chelsea match, which is hilarious. Um, so. The 
he also said there are seven or eight teams looking over their shoulders at Newcastle United, uh, which implies there are seven or eight teams above us that I guess are scared that Newcastle will eventually be able to jump them. Uh, just for reference, eight places ahead of Newcastle is Tottenham. Yeah. So it's not like we're going to be dragging Tottenham down into the relegation battle with us. Um, so I have no idea what he's talking about. No. I uh, I think maybe, I don't even know. I think right now, yeah, it is looking a little bit dicey for Newcastle. So hopefully you'll stabilize and manage to stay up. Um. Can I talk about West Ham now? Yeah, absolutely. You know, oh, okay. So yeah, on the opposite end of the table, um, in fifth place is West Ham United on level on points with fourth place, 24 matches into the season. We now have as many points as we got the entire season uh, in the 2019-2020 calendar year. and we beat Sheffield United relatively comprehensively in the end, 3-0. Um, Moyes uh, switched it up a bit. He played Ben Johnson uh, on the at left midfield, um, which is what he did, I think, against Brighton earlier in the season, and it was an utter disaster. But this time out, it, um, it, worked. it worked out really well. Um, we did start off quite poorly. Uh, but we steadily grew into the game, I think. And I think the, the standout thing here, other than us being ludicrously like high in the table, plus, um, as a side note, one of the best form teams in all of Europe. I think, I think we've racked up the f- fourth or fifth most points of any team in the top five leagues in all of Europe in 2021, which is, like, frankly, an unfathomable statistic. Um, but the standout in this match, once again, was Jesse Lingard. Um, he had a quieter game against Fulham because they basically didn't let him have the ball and we were sort of just very lackluster against them. But he was our best player in this match again. Um, he was afforded way too much space to attack with the ball. And sort of, I guess, something that I've realized is that I alluded to, I alluded to it um, a couple of pods ago. Well, I'm like, you know, Jesse Lingard technically is sort of, and by that I mean on a technical level, is a better footballer than a lot of the players in the rest of the Premier League and certainly Sheffield United players. And and so you could see this in abundance in this match. He can disguise a drop of the shoulder. He's faster than I thought. He breezed past Sheffield United players multiple times. He sort of like in this match seemed to be thinking faster than these Sheffield United players, look, finding the space. And when he was squaring up to players um, with, with the ball, they didn't really know what he was going to do. Um, he clearly has like a, a point to prove, which is why we're seeing this sort of fire in the belly um, performances from him. But I mean, I'm kind of loving it right now. Um, he shoots a lot, creates a lot of chances, including um, going down for the penalty. Um, that um, well, I think it was Chris Chris Basham, he was slipped through basically and took a slightly poor touch, but probably still would have scored um, because he uh, he was so close to the goal. Um, and Chris Basham came tearing back and absolutely just smashed into him. Only picked up a yellow. Um, do you do you think that was 
like that should have been a red, I think. Uh, there's no intent to play the ball there from Chris Basham. What do you think? Um, I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't, don't know. Yeah, there's no intent to play the ball. I mean, it's it's whatever because we beat them, but he should. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, he was brought down and then really wanted to take the penalty, but Declan Rice was like, "No, uh, go away. I'm taking the penalty." When he looked quite sad and upset about it, Declan Rice thankfully converted. Um, and then Jesse Lingard was the first player to go and congratulate him, which was nice to see. Um, the second goal we scored was a Diop header. Um, and he was pretty good, actually, this match. He had a relatively poor start, but grew into it again. And then Ryan Fredericks scored the last one in the 96th minute, which I didn't even realize because I turned it off at it in the 88th minute to continue working. And uh, yeah, that one was like uh, Saeed Benrama amazing his way into the penalty box and then chopping back and laying it off to Fredericks, who scored a pretty tame effort from about 12 yards out. Um, and yeah, uh, we are joint fourth, which is, I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, and I think we, oh, I can't, I don't actually know who we play next. Um, I think we play, we play Tottenham you next. You play yep. Spurs. Who? Tottenham, which we can, def- we can definitely points, beat. Them. Yeah, po- um, points so, are for yeah. grams. We can definitely beat them. Um, and uh, yeah, my question to you is how far do West Ham go this season? Well, before I answer that question, okay. yes. uh, while you were doing your spiel, I pulled up the penalty. Yeah, spiel, um, and mm. 100% uh, not a red card. He totally oh, okay. tries to play the ball. No. If you look at his foot, you can see him flick his foot, like kick out him, at the ball. He just yeah, watch straight into him. Watch the angle from behind. Um, they, it's a pretty clear play on the ball. If your oh, okay. if your argument is there's no play, so it should be a red, then yeah. that that West argument Ham is at least guess. false. Um, um but the, I don't know about that. How far can West Ham go? Um, you know, I told you that West Ham we're gonna do well enough to get into Europe, uh, and then it'll relegate you next season. Oh, please no. But I I don't think that's gonna happen. I think as the season progresses, um inevitably someone is going to pull themselves up and it's going to be Liverpool or Everton and they're going to hop West Ham. Um, not that any West Ham fan will care. Um, like, I don't think, like, I think you guys are going to end up in eighth. Um, and I yeah. think every single West Ham fan is going to be absolutely ecstatic. Um, oh, absolutely. We already are. So this is excellent. Um, yeah. I, I also I don't I disagree with you in your claim that West Ham are going to go on a patch of like dire form um and slip down the table. Uh, I such difficult teams though. I don't think it's going to happen though. I just wow. I just I the reason yeah, I say mo- that is I believe in we, the Moisey magic. Yeah, we have a thin squad. That's the only thing, right? So we have a thin squad, and you know, so we play Tottenham, who who are going to be difficult and. It, that's probably being generous saying it's a 50 50 because they are like you know they they're, they're the type of team that can definitely beat us especially with kane and son just doing what they do but then we go city leeds united arsenal wolves leicester i mean that is a run and a, that's that's a tough run and then we play you so huh? um hmm? i was just laughing 
Oh, um, I thought you yeah. cut out. Um, yeah, no, that's a, that's a difficult run. Um, so, um, you know, we'll see. But I mean, I'm on cloud nine, and I've been humming "Forever Blowing Bubbles" constantly for about three months now. So, I'm chuffed. So, I have two questions for you, and mm-hmm. one pre-question. Uh, first, how long is Moise's contact contract at West Ham? Oh, um, it is. He just got, uh, he just got an extension. So he, he has a further year. Uh, I'm sorry. He has a further year. He has a further. So we 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 triggered the extension, the year extension on his 18 month deal. But we've confirmed that we're going to give him a long deal at the end of the season. But we're not going to do it right now. There you go. Okay. My first question, are you happy with that? Mm, like, are um, you happy that they said we're going to give him a long deal? Oh, am I happy that you said we're going to give him a long deal? Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know, Blake. I think, I think it's, I, it's really hard to like be sort of objective about this right now. I think that if, if this is Moyes recapturing something like the stability of his Everton days, then yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. But I, we can't forget that he, he doesn't, you know, uh, I don't know how to articulate this. He, he, he didn't do amazingly for a pretty decent stretch of time, especially before this season. I suppose he sort of revitalized us to keep us up at the end of last season. I mean, you kind of have to be happy with it right now. I guess that's my answer. Um, I, it would be just childish for me to say no. I'm not happy with it um, because look at what he's doing, and you know, look as look at who he's signed. Um, every signing he's made a huge success, um, and yeah. So yeah, I guess I'm happy. Um, I, I I just if we give him a five year contract, like I guess that's kind of weird um, because we'll just inevitably have to pay him off because no one lasts that long in football anymore. But yeah, what do you what, what do you think? Like, good idea, not good idea. Well, I mean, you can the managers even more than players. You can put stuff in the contracts that yeah. allow you to get out, unless you're Mourinho and you manage to do the no. Yeah. No exit clause. Um, yeah. There's always someone who's going to take, like, if you decide Moyes is not your answer, someone's going to see Moyes carrying West Ham to fifth place and say, oh, maybe we should give him a shot. Uh, I, I'm not worried about that at all. Uh, maybe. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, no, no. Even if it goes, if it starts going sour. Um, oh, it and, just starts going sour. And. Right. West Ham sack him um, or want to sack him, there will probably be a team Uh-oh. willing to say, yeah, so he's I'll, like I'll pay you the yeah, yeah. I'll pay you the five million compensation for him to come manage us sure. instead. Um, so yeah, whatever yeah. contract contracts are contracts i I don't I'm not a fan of football to discuss contracts and like. I really don't care who my team pays what, um, as long as they play interesting football, uh, which is not true for Newcastle. So and that's I, why I'm mad at yeah. paying John Joe 85k a week. So I um 
I apologize for rambling a lot in this podcast so far, but I am also realizing that um, we, I'm sort of running out of time. So um, shall we move on to another match or you make the calls because no. I've been dominating the discussion. Sorry. Well, I'll, I'll do a quick recap of the other matches. Um, cool. Burnley dispatched Crystal Palace quite handedly um, mm -hmm. in Burnley's new run of form. Uh, Aston Villa and Brighton had a pretty interesting uh, scoreless draw. Wolves uh, take down Southampton uh, in a match that was pretty big for both of them. Uh, yeah. Southampton slipping down the table. Wolves trying to claw their way into somewhat of a respectable season. Uh, Manchester United won West Brom won in a absolute boring, awful match. Yeah, that was um, terrible. Arsenal, uh, with their first player with a hat-trick since 2017, I believe, um, dispatching Leeds, um, although they made it a little bit shaky at the end. Um, and yeah, uh, Chelsea smashing Newcastle 2-0. Yeah. Um, it was very flattering to Newcastle. Okay, so let's get into our predictions for this next match day. We're going to do right. the two weird... Um, covid makeups um mm -hmm. and also all of match day 25 yep so we're going to start off with everton city i think everton will probably improve but i'll go with a city victory 3-1 away from home um i'm gonna go with uh ain't no stopping city city with great defense three nil city um burnley fulham I think that Burnley will make it half a Fulham and they'll drop points but won't lose 1-1. One, one. I will go 2-0 Fulham. If you can do it against Everton, you can do it against Burnley. It's true. It's true. Uh, Wolves leads. I'm going to go big 3-3 three, three energy for this match. I'm going to go 3-2 Wolves. Um, but it could go either way. Southampton, Chelsea. Um, Southampton, Chelsea. Oh, that was Sheffield. Um, oh, oof, yeah, Southampton in terrible form. Um, I think they'll lose two one. Might be tight though. I will go three nil Chelsea. Uh, Burnley, West Brom. Oh, they play again. Um, that'll be a fantastic nil nil. American. I'm going two nil Burnley. Uh, Liverpool, Everton. This is a big match. Um, oh, you go first. I'm I'm thinking. Um, uh, two two draw. Oh, I was going to say two two two, two 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 as well. I will go. You know what? Then I will just go for a two nil Liverpool victory. That's crazy, but I'm wow. Doing it. Mm. Uh, Fulham Sheffield United. I will go for one nil victory. Fulham. Uh yeah. I I'm also gonna go for two nil Fulham. Um well win for Fulham, different score. Uh West Ham Tottenham. Two two. I'm calling it two one <gasps> West Ham. Oh my god. I'll give you wow. the win. Thank uh you. Aston Villa Leicester City. Uh two nil Leicester. I reckon. 
Yeah, I'm. I'll, I'll go uh, a one-one draw. Um, Arsenal, Man City. Uh, I just. I shouldn't back another upset. Uh, I think Aubameyang might be good in this match, um, but I'll go three-one to City. Just don't see them dropping points. I will go four-one City. Mm. Uh, it's like the price is right. I just try yeah. to one-up you. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Manchester United and Newcastle United. See, I want to like make this a draw, and I could see it happening, but I'm I'm so sorry. I just can't back you. Um, so I guess I'll just go two 0 to Man U. But I think you could do I'll something take, against them. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take I'll take the one one draw. Yeah, um, yeah. I guarantee you that Matty Longstaff starts this match and just scores. because yeah. the way Steve Bruce's head works is he scored against Manchester United. I'm gonna play him he, against he's Manchester United. He barely featured again. for you this season, right? Very, very barely. After we gave him a That's pretty big contract. So strange. Um, but I, I fully believe it's like petty Bruce. Like, the, yeah. Bruce's, like, his ego is hurt that uh, he tried to leverage a move to Udinese. Move, yeah. um, so, okay, let's get into my right. questions. Let's do it. Um, my player is. Uh, Kind of in a similar vein as last week, uh, where he's a player who, not a, a bust in, or the, yeah, not a bust, um, but he also had much lower expectations. Um, right. He uh, came from France. Um, he was part of the PSG Academy um, when the PSG Academy started getting good. Um, right. And he started making it big at. Marseille before a big money move, 11 million pounds to Tottenham Hotspur, uh, where he only wow. featured for them 11 times, uh, but I believe scored for them quite a few times in cups in, in Europe. Um, right. He is a French winger uh, okay. named Georges Kevin Nkudu. Oh, yeah. And can you tell me where he is? He recently you know he transferred in twenty nineteen. Yeah, no, uh, this one is an easy one for me. Uh, he's at Besiktas. Yep. Yep. Um, he's he, he's he um, yeah he he moved to them in twenty nineteen. I think he's doing pretty well for them, right? He's, he's yes, he is. Um, so that's kind of nice. Um, that makes me happy. But yeah, he's good on FIFA. That's why I know where he is. He's fast. Yep. That, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yeah. When he's in the Premier League, that's what he was as well. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah, he's one of those players where, I mean, he's 26 and he's still yeah. playing at one of the best clubs in the world. So, um, yeah. 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 Exactly. That's yeah. The, the, very different from some of the uh, Lost Wonder kids that we've covered on this podcast. Yeah. He just, he was one of those, the players where the the top clubs poured them up and, yeah, they never really, and then they just throw them away. It's the I'm yeah. done with this toy. Yeah, mentality. he was good at Marseille for for that one season, and then and then the Tottenham thing didn't work out. Yep. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's cool. it. Um. I, like I threw in an extra question because I thought about it uh, while we were recording. Um, mm. So, 
who is the only player in the top five leagues with a better goals to game ratio than Ilkay Gundogan? Only player in the top five leagues in recent the- form, not throughout the season, but in the last, I think it was uh, six matches played. In 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 top five leagues in Europe. Oh, okay. Um, I'll give you a hint. He plays in Germany, and he's not German. Oh, 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 oh! It's um, it's Andre Silva. Yep, Andre Silva for Eintracht Frankfurt. Like eighteen, nine, and eight now, something, something insane. Yeah, yeah, nine and eight, and I think twenty goals in twenty-two appearances or something over the season. Um, He he just Trundleon has nine and nine. Yeah, I um... I thought it it's on loan, isn't it? No, he he moved permanently because he oh, had a wow. great on loan. He was great on loan for them last season, and then they signed him on a permanent. And uh, yeah, I mean, my God, um, I mean, this is why you know this is why Milan lifted him out of Porto a few seasons ago, and he was horrible for them. He went on loan to Sevilla, did okay, then went on loan to Eintracht twenty nineteen twenty, was really good, and then um, it was the Eintracht wanted someone else couldn't get him and then decided to sign Andre Silva on a permanent and he is repaying them in a big way and I really oh my god I hope he stays at Eintracht Frankfurt like don't don't go to some stupid other club just stay for a bit like please um, yeah Eintracht Frankfurt pulling a West Ham currently in third in the Bundesliga they are doing excellently and they got Luka Jovic like coming off the bench too the Kostic they're a great team yeah yeah absolutely and my boy Jetro Willems. So. Oh yeah, Jetro, um, making his way back from injury. I think. Yeah, really unfortunate. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's move on. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, go. Um, who has a better chance of winning the title, Leicester City or Manchester United, this season? Oh, what a what a good that is a great question. Um, who's a better chance? I'll just go Manchester United simply, literally simply because of Bruno Fernandes. I think he's that kind of player that like just tips it over the edge. Um, and I still think that Leicester might drop some form. Um, and I think Man U probably won't be anywhere near it, but I'll go for Man U just because of Fernandes. Um, earlier this year, I asked you what player wins the most aerial duels per match. Um, do you remember what player it was, and do you think he still holds this record? I don't. Is it Angelo? Aguero? It was a weird player. Um. Uh, no, I don't remember. I'm sorry. It was Ollie McBurney. Oh yeah, leads yeah. The league in aerial duels with six point three per match. Um, Thomas Suchek is in second with six point zero. Um, um, which I thought was interesting because uh, Thomas Suchek, uh, you you've talked a few times about how, like, uh, statistically in no category is he good, but mm. there you go. Aerial yeah, duels yeah, I one think per I, match. I was talking about yeah, like in no. Yeah, he's good. He, in like passing, shooting, those categories, he's rubbish. But in the air, he's fantastic. Yeah, we all know that. Um, um, so earlier this season, uh, Thiago Silva mm. had the highest pass completion percentage. Who uh, does Thiago Silva still lead the league? And if not, who has overtaken him? 
the highest passing percentage in the league. Um, does he still have? He's been out for a bit, right? Um, Correct. He's still eligible for this. League. He's still eligible for it. Okay. Um, yep. No, I will go. I reckon Jordan Henderson will be up there because of his new role at centre back and how they like to play at the back. But you know what? You know who's been um, revitalized is Rodri at City. I think he's playing really well. And I know because someone mentioned it in the podcast I was listening to that he's been getting on the ball a lot more. So I'm going to say Rodri. You got very close uh, with Man City. It is John Stones. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, nice. very interestingly. Yeah, leads yeah, the league well, in pass completion. What a, what a comeback. We, we're certainly sad. Absolutely. What a man. Mm. Um, and then my last question, my sixth question, which is yeah. rare. Wow. Um, despite no goals and no assists this season, so that's your hint, who mm. leads the league in successful dribbles per Adama game? Traore. Yeah. I, I was wondering if you would get that. Um, second, uh, so Adama with 3.9. Uh, ASM is in second with 3.4. Oh, wow. Can you tell me? Well, I know you can't tell me, so I'm just going to say it. Um, okay. In third place with 2.9 successful dribbles per game is Frank Zambo Anguisa. Yeah, he's, he's really good. I love Frank Zambo Anguisa. It's crazy about him, though, because... The first time Fulham were in the Premier League, he was terrible. But this time around, he's playing amazingly. He, so yeah, he was terrible, and then he went on loan to Villarreal, right? And he was really good for them. And now he's back. Yeah, yeah, he's but, really uh, good. Yeah, Fulham supporters say he was bad because he didn't care. Um, like oh, he just yeah. I mean, that did not sense. really seem like he had the he's, motivation he, anymore. Well, yeah, he's better than than. <laughs> this is the thing. Like he's he's just better than playing in a relegation battle, but. Clearly, he like is just playing better this season. Yeah. yeah. And with that final question, that is the end of episode yeah, 14. Nice. Please okay. follow Oscar on Twitter at mm. O-H-S-C-U-H. H nailed it. Follow nailed me it. at B-Munch. Follow the podcast at peaked the number two early pod. Email us at peaked number two early pod at gmail.com. Leave us a review and tune back next Sunday. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much. This was fun. Yeah. Oscar, I will see you again soon. See you soon. Take care. I'm standing.